Hey guys, it is Jared Seig Lawrence here with episode two of the Modern Flirting Podcast. Uh, you guys might see me on MTV, ABC, A&E, Oxygen Network, uh, but today I'm going to be joining with my staff and we're going to be talking about how this community or industry, whatever you want to call it, how it's changed and morphed uh, over time and how we even got into this crazy line of work. So I am joined here with uh, my head coach, Modern Flirting, Randy. Say hi, Randy. How's it going, guys? And I'm also here uh, with the newest addition, our intern, uh, uh, Pierce, future coach and training here. <laughs> so basically what I wanted episode two to be about is kind of the journey that this, you know, this whole space has gone through. Because some people I'm, I'm assuming are going to be listening to this who have no idea about the history. They don't know, uh, you know, what, maybe they never heard of a dating coach. They never heard of a PUA. They've never heard of community versus industry. They don't know what it was like, you know, back in the day, just guys were just, you know, coming across this now. So I like it because I know, Randy, you've been around almost as long as I have, and you've seen that progress and morph. And Piers, you know, you're really new. So, I, you know, you're seeing it from the first time from, from this perspective, like how it is right now versus what it used to be like. So that's kind of what I want to get into initially of how it was then versus how it is now. Um, so I guess my first question is, Let's say like mid 2000s, around 2006 to 2012. Uh, what do you think the biggest difference? So, Randy, more for you, Randy. What do you think the biggest differences are between back then how it was and how it is currently? I mean, geez, it was around uh, I think 2008 when the first iPhone just came out. So before then, man, like nobody, pretty much nobody used on their phones. Like when you're out in the club or anything like that. And I mean, there was a little bit of that, but um, you know, since that time to now, everybody's on their phones all the time. There's like a whole second virtual life that everybody has. So I feel like a lot of girls, um, I was reading a statistic the other day, 50% of all relationships are started online now through online dating. So, you know, that's, that's a huge number, you know, that's a lot of people who aren't coming to the club um, or the bar scene. So the biggest I, thing was that. Yeah, I, I remember when I was getting into it, like the whole idea of meeting online was so, was like this creepy thing. Mm -hmm. right? it, was like, it was taboo. Yeah, it's like you, you, I remember um, when I was 16, I met my first girlfriend online, actually. And we were, we were embarrassed to tell anybody because it was so taboo. You know what I mean? Seriously. Now, now it's almost taboo if you don't. So we def I definitely talked about this in the last, um, in, you know, in the last podcast where you were talking about, you know, dating in 2020. Uh, I guess, you know, one of the big things I've noticed, and maybe I don't think you've seen this, Pierce, too much, is like back in when I first got into this, it was almost like a secret society. It was like you had to find it. And it was very sharing of these ideas. It was very like a paternal uh, kind of feel, like you know, skull and crossbones. Like you were in the know uh, if you got into it back then because you had to research it, you had to find a line, but you had to read a book on it. Um, Pierre, why don't you talk about your story? How did you discover this or get into it in the first place or even hear about this crazy world? Because you got into it just, a, what, a few years ago? Uh, yeah, I got... I got jumped into it in 2016 when I lived in Long Island, New York, and we started going out in New York City. And I didn't, like, I'd read books, and I kind of got that feel of, like, it's kind of like a cult. Like, you had to know about it. It was like a knock on the passcode type thing. And I had a little bit of that where the guy who introduced it to me, like, he wouldn't show me any videos about it for, like, a whole two weeks because he said if I saw it, it would change my life. It would you know, like I could never unsee the things that I had saw. And so I kind of got a little last like glimpse of that, but I kind of started in New York city in 2016 uh, when we hired on 
a pickup artist at the company I was working at at the time. Yeah. And, yeah. and it was, it's been a progression for me because you know, anyone who knows my background knows I, when I started this, I was very much the mentality of I'm going to be a pickup artist. I'm going to go out, I'm going to go meet a bunch of women, I'm going to pick them up. And I went through that phase and I realized how damaging it was just on an internal level to identify as that because now you're always basically validated or a constant need of new girls coming in. And I had to make that progression to something different. We obviously, you know, call it social, social influence and building up social circles and whatnot. But that was definitely a dark path I went on. But at the same time, it was good in the sense that it was very, it was different than what's being taught now. Like at least, at least say what you want. It was a bad kind of identity to take on, but it was still very much a, okay, here's exactly what to do. Line by, a little bit too much, maybe. A little bit very, like back then, there was only one method and it was always like have tons and tons of routine. Now we have a million people, uh, you know, showing everything under the moon. So how would, so more for Randy here, like how would you say the teachings have changed or evolved from back then versus how it is now? Uh, uh, evolved, maybe devolved. Um, so basically things, um, when I, when we were first starting up, I remember they used to call the very physically aggressive style of game, cave manning, uh, it's become like, you know, beast mode now, uh, which I went through a phase of, I think pretty much every modern guy has at this point. But, um, yeah, back when I was first starting, it was very technique oriented, very nuanced, but, um, almost to a detriment. Actually, I will say to a detriment, it was way too focused on the, the, I guess, outer of all of this. And now it's kind of uh, gone the opposite direction. They went fully into just, you know, not even necessarily knowing what to say, just going up and saying crazy stuff or stuff that makes you laugh, even if it offends other people, you know? <laughs> um, and yeah, it's just, I feel like the pendulum needs to swing back to the, the other way at this point. I mean, I don't see, I, I'm all about having, a, a, you know, proper techniques involved, right? I'm all about using actual psychology and going, okay, this works, this doesn't, very clear. And just knowing like what you want to do in a situation, right? But at the same time, you have to do stuff that's also true to yourself. You're not going to do stuff that's completely out of your character. You want to be, you know, a guy who's genuinely like, you know, finds something funny, but also knows where the line is and goes, okay, that is going to be offensive to make somebody else, right? And it's learning those kind of skills. Now it kind of just seems like the Wild West. People are just kind of saying, I look at it as very clickbaity advice, stuff that just kind of gets views or kind of gets a reaction, but. I know, Pierce, you, you were looking around a bunch of different guys that are out there. Uh, what have you seen, I guess, right now? I'm not even calling it a community. I'm not calling it a community anymore. I'm calling it an industry. I really don't think it, there's that community. Like, I'm, back in the day, I could go to another state or country and become in a community, find a guy who's also in a community, and he'd probably let me crash on his couch. That was just like, everybody's just like, that, that'll never happen. I mean, I've never experienced anything like that. Right. I mean, like, I mean unless, unless I met people with like, at least what I thought at the time was like really good game. Like there was kind of like a band of brothers type thing. Like you've gone through something. So they had like a mutual respect, but almost everybody doesn't have that <laughs> that yeah. I've ever met now. Um, probably cause they don't really have as good of game as they think they do. Um, so let's see, what was the question? So I guess my question right now is like all, there's so much different stuff. You're back. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> A big difference was just to understand, like a big when we when I was learning it, there was only one, maybe two styles, and that was it. And, and there was no like, it was it was just this, and you learned it and you improved on it. And now, now it's like I feel people are getting bombarded. So for new guys out there, how do you like know what? Sure. To do? In 2016, when I knew nothing about this industry, didn't even know this existed, the first thing I heard of was RSD, and it's kind of like the Catholic Church of 
like, like they, there's, there's a lot of scandals, but uh, you know, everyone has like deep respect and love for them. Um, and to some varying degrees. And what I noticed with it was, I remember my first good wing would tell me, just say anything, go up and start an interaction anyway, and then calibrate after the fact. And that was the extent of the advice I got. And we must've done that for months. Um, so when you first come in as a new guy, there's so much advice and none of it really makes any sense to you. A lot of it's extremely vague um, and doesn't necessarily work. And then it's really stressful. Like going out <laughs> is massively, massively stressful when you have no idea what you're doing and you're getting told to do 18 different things by so many different people. I don't, I don't get the vagueness because when I was learning this, we had specific stuff and we, and obviously I improved on it and we, you know, I grew it over time, but like the, the, the real hardcore advice, like that stuff that works was there. So I don't get, why do you, what are your thoughts, both of you, I guess, your question, both of you guys, why do you think the communication from other coaches and, and just stuff you see on YouTube and whatnot is so vague? Is it just because marketing itself should be vague and that's just how it is? Or like, is it? Just guys don't know, so they're just, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, what do you guys think is the reason? Because we had it before, and it just, like, as Randy said, it evolved. I got a couple of thoughts on it, but yeah, Randy, go ahead. Uh, you're saying that um, the, the communication in terms of the, I guess, the messages that um, different companies are sending out now? Well, I mean, if we had the advice back in the day, and stuff we knew stuff was working, why are people preaching and talking about stuff, all this vague shit that, like, no one can understand and doesn't really help anyone? Uh, it's the easy answers. Uh, at the end of the day, like I said, back when the community had more styles, it took a longer time to learn those styles and there was much more nuance to it. And uh, to be fair, it was to its detriment, right? Like there was, even if you could go for the prize, as it were, sooner than, than um, the style dictated, you weren't supposed to or was considered a, was a fool's mate back in the day. Yep, fool's mate. Um, yeah, so uh, I think a lot of it is just it sells, right? Like everybody wants the easy answer. Everybody wants the shortcut. Sure, you can teach somebody how to get results in this area, you know, bad results within uh, a weekend if they, if they aren't good or if they were already good and they just needed like a slight push. But for like the real skills to develop, it takes, you know, months, sometimes years of work. And that's just not as sexy as take a weekend and get laid. You know what I mean? I also think there's something about the, the quick, like quick fix that I did. Because back there was almost like an honor. Was, I don't want to say like samurais or whatever, but like there's almost like an honor back then where you didn't do the fool's mates. You didn't go to try to have sex with a girl immediately. Like we honored that idea of the idea of creating a connection before seduction, before sexual, right? And it, you know, we had like these tenants in place of always leave the girl better than you found her, right? Always try to add value to somebody's life. Always try to give her this amazing uh, connection and, and really create one uh, with everything. It, it, was, it was an art. It was, it was very much a amazing skill set that we were developing. Now it's just like, right now go go like everybody makes stressing about uh getting later fast you know fast pulls and whatnot versus actually thinking hey like how do i enjoy this how do i better this whole skill set as a whole versus just quickest way to sex and i think it, it, it puts things in the guy's mind so now they're just all about that as well um i don't know what are your thoughts pierce kind of what randy touched on with like the big easy answers but i think one of the reasons why is like I remember the first time I went out, like the very first time I went to Suffolk Community College and I had two guys that I kind of knew like standing behind me and like the first time they told me to go approach and start a conversation. 
And I was like washed over with fear inside, like absolutely terrified. And the first time I tried to talk to somebody, they just like, you ever have like, we try to speak and nothing comes out, like no, no words oh, yeah. even at all. Okay, that's exactly what happened. And two girls just walked right by me and then looked at me for a second and then just kept walking. And I was like, oh my God, like this is, this is, a, like, this is so much more than I thought it was. So I feel like most people just give really shitty advice with these like vague, scalable, easy answers because it's not fun to look at yourself and like, how do I do this? And have to admit to yourself, I don't really know. So um, they're, they're basically pandering, giving people what they want, not what they need get what they want, but because they don't really have it themselves. Like you can't get what you don't have. So I never got really good advice until like I met you and like maybe a couple other people, but I really not, I didn't get solid advice because most people like, this is a long process and a long journey to actually get a mastery of a skill set. So all the advice I got beforehand was really just by what I kind of think was just insecure dudes who couldn't do it themselves and didn't want to, cause they could like look bad. So they just give you a quick answer. Now let's talk about the mindsets from before back in the mid 2000s versus now in the twenties. Um, I remember it being like a, a, a passion, right? Every, you know, we were learning this and it was like learning magic for the first time. Like, oh my God, we can make a girl laugh on command. Oh my God, we can hold a court and, and hold a group's attention. And we were like taking a lot of uh, a big prize out of each individual skill sets. And we were all kind of like learning from each other. And it was very much a, like, like what Pierce, you're talking about is very like, okay, we're here for the long term. We're going to learn this all. We're going to, you know, master this art. Now, I just don't see guys thinking that way. Like, they're, I feel like the mindset's different. And maybe it's just that as a collective whole, our attention span has gone down. But how would you compare, I guess, Randy, the mindsets back then of students and people you see, you know, now versus what we used to be like back then? And Pierce, I'm just curious, like the guys you met, uh, now, how do you how are you finding the mindsets? Um, yeah, I mean, like the the mindsets for the students back then. I think people were committed to the fact that it had to take a lot longer to get good at this. Like the the going out and just making you know stuff happen back in the old community was just not um, not unheard of, pretty much, right? Like they they had the SNLs and stuff like that, but that was at least back in like you know the old MM days. That that was something that didn't happen for many, many, many months or years into it. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's, that's, there's a lot of more mindset focus on, um, yeah, just immediate results rather than getting into a process, right? Like nobody thinks it's a process anymore. Everybody thinks that they can just go out and get, basically go out and say whatever they want to and make themselves laugh. And that's, that's game. Which is so weird because just, just the idea of getting better with women and mastering this area at the time when I first started learning, and Pierre, you tell me if, if you know your when your mindset on this as well. But when I was first starting this, and I, again, I was just two years younger than you, a year and a half really, uh, younger than you when I first started. And for me, it was like learning magic, like it was a superpower. I was just, it was like someone teaching me to fly, literally fly. And I was like, oh my god, I could fly. And maybe not perfectly fly, but like I could hover for a little bit, and then if I practice it, I can like fly down the block before I have to land. Like. I'm getting better and better with flying. Like it was just, it was unreal. But now I feel like people maybe have lost that wonder. I mean, what, what's been your mindset coming into this and, and other guys who are starting now? It's funny. That's actually one of the things I hate the most about this uh, community or this industry or whatever you want to call it nowadays. Um, massive, massive, massive instant gratification that needs to happen. And it's something I've struggled with a ton. Um, it's kind of almost like, 
nowadays whenever I meet anyone else, it's this like need to prove yourself to them or demo or show your status in like some weird social hierarchy of strangers you've just met. And it really takes the fun out of it. Um, funny you mentioned like the, the like ability to fly because that's actually what kind of jumped me into this. I actually ran away from this because it was so stressful. So like I couldn't process what was going on. But the thing that always brought me back to it and the reason why I'm still probably like working for you now and kept, you know, trying to follow through and figure this stuff out was the massive dopamine highs and like the massive emotional states that uh, would actually occur when I went out. Like those first, like the first month I went out, I think like five or six times I had massive flow state. And it was like, honestly, like a drug addict coming back for that adrenaline high. That's what kept bringing me back. So I'm trying to move more back towards that original like love for it. Um, but yeah, definitely with new people or with, like you see on Facebook groups of people who have, you know, been in this maybe a year and have like around three different groups. They, they have this massive need to prove yourself and it's, it's really not kind of enjoyable at all. Yeah. I think there's a, there's a human touch that kind of disappeared as well from the, from the whole thing. Like when we, we started, we had local groups and everything. I know I had a group uh, in my area for Lauderdale, Miami. And there was about like 60 of us. So there was a very good, it was like chapter, like it's like a fraternity. Frat here, another city, there was groups. And those kind of just, just you know, they, they dispersed. And I don't know why, because people loved it. Everybody wants a wingman. Everybody wants to meet up with somebody to learn with and befriend with. I don't know why someone hasn't monetized this or created these groups. But I think what I, my idea, my uh, theory is that because it got so industry-based, then no one could agree on what's the right style. So everybody just flocked to whatever industry they found. And then either that industry had a group for themselves or they didn't. And there was no more independent, neutral space, so to speak. Yeah, pretty much, man. I feel like it was, because um, I came from the San Francisco layer back in the day and we had a huge group as well of, it really was like a fraternity, right? Uh, it's, and we've talked about this a couple of times, but it's like, uh, because it was so secretive and you had to be so in with it, even if you didn't like something in the group, it's still kind of like, ah, they're still a part of my group. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah, I feel like it's almost like, um, you know, uh, uh, I don't know, karate or something, or, you know, like martial arts. Like one style kind of started to take over everything to the detriment of every other style, which kind of died off. You were just talking to the San Francisco, I forgot to know the Lair, worst creepiest name ever for this, but Lair's just kind of like a a chapter, like the, the group within the city. Uh, but like, you were just talking to your guys in San Francisco, so it's still a thing. Like I think some guys still do it on Telegram. I saw it a little bit in San Diego, but I don't know how you're supposed to find it. It's a Telegram. How are the, in the world are you supposed to find these things? I think. Yeah, I think that's kind of like the the new um, yeah, layer, as it were, is like the Telegrams because they are kind of hard to find. It almost is like, and I think it actually is like this. You do have to be invited by somebody else to be joined joined into the group. Um, yeah, I, I know that the uh, the guys that I was talking to, they're kind of like old guard of the old San Francisco layer, and they're trying to get a lot more people back into it. So that's kind of cool to see revival of that. But yeah, I think at this point, it's pretty much like Telegram groups are becoming the new... Um, but that's just... I don't like it such as messages, but I, I like the organization of the forums. So mm-hmm. back in the day, we had forums, and we would do the posts, and we would give our, our after-action reports, and we had... Like, it was, it was organized. We could message each other. I don't know why we gave up the forums for, for Telegram, which is just blocks of messaging and no organizational structure. Like, I don't get it. Yeah, it's like the, the biggest message you can have is, is like a paragraph or two, right? Whereas like back in the day, people would write really insightful, really thoughtful posts, like full yeah. of 
knowledge bombs. You know what I mean? And now it's just like people, well, to be fair, it's like people trying to, in the telegroups I've been in, you know, be like, oh, I got a lay. Look at this cool picture of a girl that I just had sex with. Aren't I cool? Give me your validation, you know, to without like fair. giving you any tips. To be fair, we definitely still had our fair share of guys looking to get validation. <laughs> I mean, even back then, I think there was still like, look at cool I am by getting laid by some girl, right? Like, Oh yeah, there's definitely that too, but it feels more like that's that's almost nothing but what it is in the Telegram groups, you know, yeah. other than like people hanging out. We call those brag reports and it was like kind of looked down on. Now it's like, if it's not a brag report, like what, what are you doing? It's, it's so, insa- it's, it's, I don't know, it's just, it's just insane to me. I've noticed that there's a bunch of groups out there. I mean, I have the modern dating, my own group, Facebook groups. Maybe, maybe I'm part of the problem, I don't know. But there's, you know, I got modern dating group. I'm part of some other ones. I'm starting to try to give like detailed advice because that's the closest thing I can see now uh, to it as well. But even that, like, curious, you got kicked off of a group. I believe. Just- yeah, I mean, I, I mean, like, my, my, my two cents in the whole group thing was again, I, I've only really seen it or been in like a real group, I think, once, and that was in New York City where I started. Like, there was a layer of like nine or 10 guys that would only go with those nine or 10 guys. And I remember one of them told me, like, we don't like to advertise that we're a layer because when you have good game, you only kind of want to go out with the other people who've made it because a lot of people can be kind of annoying, especially now that it's become an industry with such bad advice. And that's what they were telling me is they don't mind going on people who aren't as good, but they just don't like a lot of the things that are preached that aren't ineffective that just get bought into. Like it's kind of almost like a dogmatic religion. Um, so I remember like I, I looked in Denver, I looked in Vegas, Vegas. I only found one, which was surprising me. Um, South beach, I found one, but, you have to look really, really, really hard if you want to find them. But a uh, key piece of advice I remember one guy gave me was like, if you ever just want to find a layer, you'll find them if you just go out enough. Like if you just go out yourself enough and you're actually practicing well, you should eventually see another person out that is also doing the same thing you're doing. Um, I don't know if that's true or not. I mean, I, I, I've had that happen two or three times where I, I see a guy or I hear him say something. I know like me and Randy, we were down on the Lincoln Road Mall and like <laughs> – we heard a guy like walking with a girl, like like a little bit from behind. So where are you from? Yeah, okay, cool. I just moved here. Like, and just he had the the typical PUA stance and like the typical PUA language, like question stacking. And I was like, oh, here we go. And we we literally followed him and waited for him to finish his set. And I was like, hey, so that was a good set. How how how'd it go? <laughs> and uh, so yeah, if you go out enough, I think you should just run into people organically. Yeah. And the whole POA style, like, I mean, even though I, I don't condone it, I'm not, like, I, I finally got out of that whole mindset. I wanted to get away from it just because I didn't like the, what it was doing to me eternally. But you got to give it credit. At least these guys take action. They're going out, they're trying to their skill set. I will give them that. You know, I don't think it's the healthiest approach, but at least they're they're going out and, and trying to better themselves. They're trying to gain the, the skill set, just maybe not in the best way possible. But it is true that when you're going out a bunch, uh, I saw it for myself, and I used to go out all the time, you start recognizing faces, you start seeing people. And if you're being social, ideally you should be talking to everybody, not just the girls, you're meeting guys. You're, uh, I mean, I'm, and we all know in modern flirting, it's all about building up your social circle and, and connections. So that should, be, that should be part of it. It's just, I don't know, it's, it's just mind boggling to me how different, and also just a constant uh, problem with marketing now. And, and I think that's what, I really do think that's what changes to an industry is the crazy amount of just nonstop uh, marketing and everybody kind of like trying to buy for attention and as technology grew it just got more and more and more pronounced there's ads there's youtube there's just, it's, it's everywhere right 
So I, I guess, is this hurting the industry? Do you feel like people, everybody's just shouting their voices out? What do you think the future for this industry is with the way things are going? I'm curious yeah. about your predictions because I just see it getting more and more confusing for people trying to actually learn this generally. I actually think there's going to be a swing to uh, almost totally the online game. I think the pendulum's going to, or the, the uh, shift is going to keep going until pretty much nobody wants to go out in person to actually meet people, yeah. you know, except like the, <laughs> the rare few. Um, so yeah, I think if, if anybody hasn't yet, they definitely need to start learning online game. Luckily we're in the perfect time to do that because um, yeah, I think anybody who doesn't know it is going to be a serious disadvantage. Conversely, anybody who doesn't know, you know, face-to-face, old-school cold approach is going to be a serious um, disadvantage to anybody else who does know it, you know, who actually did take the time to learn those skills. So I think they're going to feed into each other, and that's just going to, going to be how the market goes. You know, a lot more online products, a lot more online-only companies that, that focus on whatever the future Tinder is going to be. You know, I, I think that's the way it's going to essentially go. Um I'm hoping that there's going to be a shift back towards more um, real technical game, but I don't know if that's ever going to be, you know, a thing again, honestly, like how many people, how often does, does getting really, really good at something that's hard to get at or get good at become popular? You know, you, it's kind of like a think, thing. You repair, so you think like code approach is going to die beating people in person? I mean, it's never going to die. I mean, it, fundamentally you have to have in-person interactions with people. I think it's going to get smaller. I'm actually not really a fan of the current zeitgeist of what's going on, but I understand why it's happening. I mean, like everybody wants what's easy and convenient. I mean, it's why we have Uber, you know, and <laughs> it's like the Uber Eats for dating, huh? Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, I'm just like, I have a, I have a nickname for them that I think I'm going to officially trademark. I call them click funnel bros who want Tinder. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, I apologize. That's a little crass, but, I mean, the reason why I originally got into this, like, the, like, I can't tell you I got into game or I got into cold approach because I was knew about this since I was 16, or because I like absolutely desperately needed it because I was, you know, having a really hard, you know, life before it. It was purely this terrified the heck out of me, and I was like, okay, this is an odyssey of the mind. This is a journey. I have to like like control this like, like what else are you gonna do like you find something that's like such a massive gaping hole like why am i so afraid of this why am i so not able to handle myself in these situations and that's only what i've seen through cold approach and i, I know brandy for i think like kind of like forged in the fire type feel to it that's what i like i like knowing about cold approach isn't always fun it, it's massively fucking inconvenient actually a lot of times um but i i kind of have like a a little bit of a love for it because I kind of feel like it really is like an odyssey of the mind that you have to go it's through. It's also exciting. I mean, going up to a girl you just see out and about, you're doing the approach, you're having that face interaction, it's on, it's that battle of wits. With online, I mean, yeah, there's some messages, you're just kind of like, nah, all right, meet up for a date, cool. And then you still have to go and meet up for a date, but now it's just like, whatever, like, all right, we already agreed we're going to like each other and probably hook up and whatever because we were texting. You know, versus like, all right, and boom, I'm meeting you, game on, let's, you know, let's, let's create something here from scratch. There's just like a, there's just a great feeling to that. Or am I just being nostalgic here and just. Oh man, I feel the same way. Like I, I've, even recently I've had like crazy, actually you and I, Pierce, we've had crazy adventures with Gold Approach, just like getting yeah. into weird situations and like crazy, interesting stuff that I don't imagine happens very often online. You know yeah. what I mean? Unless that you have a, a very bad online massively, date. Massively underrated point, which I'm surprised none of us talked about before that. Thank you, Rand, for bringing that up. 
I mean, like, I've broken my leg while out and about, you know, and, and it sounds like it should be a bad story. It's not. Like, I'm really happy that happened. It was a great night. You know, like, I've, you know, met people with, like, cops being there. Like, the, the adventures that you'll have from Cold Approach is by far easily the best experiences of my life I've ever had. More than money has been ever able to buy me, more than any seminars I've been able to go. That's probably why I kept coming back because just the experiences that you will have and the adventures you'll have, yeah, it's honestly the closest thing to living a real movie that you could. It's honestly what I would say is the closest that thing. That I think is the best thing to think of. So guys listening, I think that's really what drew me in. I think you've said it, I think that's nail on the head. That when I was doing this and learning this, even though, yeah, it's hard, it's, it's a big thing to learn, whatever. It was like living a movie, like being in this movie, having these adventures that you can never have and you can't do that with online. I think that might be lost, that wonder, that magic of it. That, because right now people are just doing the same thing. They're just trying to get laid. They're just going up to every girl, just spamming them. It's, it's, there's nothing to that. But the idea of like playing with this, like, like let's see where this goes. Let's be adventurous. Let's work the whole group. Let's actually get to know each girl individually. Like each, every single, like I've done thousands of approaches and every single one is different. Every single, it's like a, it's like a snowflake. And to me, it was like, that is being in a movie. And I, I wanted my life, you know, going through this, I wanted my life to be as magical and incredible as possible. And that involves, you know, I want someone to make a movie out of my life, write a book out of my life, right? So I can't do that just sitting at home all day, like tindering and whatnot. Hey, rather than a uh, like formal interview, do you guys each want to like share one cool story? So like any new people that might not be doing it now, they'd be like, oh, this is, this is what they're talking about. Like, oh, any- sure. all right, all right, let's go <laughs> fun, fun war stories of fun to pray. Pierce, you can, Start us off. All right, Randy, do you want me to do Vegas this past Halloween, or should I pick like a singular one that I've got? Uh, <laughs> up to you, man. I, 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 I'm trying to figure out like how, how PG or how like. Let's keep it PG 13. Let's keep it okay. entertaining, but not, nothing too. Nothing too, nothing too crazy? Yeah. Um, okay, what's the. <laughs> they go all my stories. Jared, can you go while I think of like a better one? Then? <laughs> <laughs> right, there, Jared, you go real quick while I watch. Oh, yeah. So I got, I got my f- fun one. So I'm, I'm going to Germany and I'm teaching a boot camp there. We're going in Berlin and I'm doing, um, you know, I'm, I'm doing a speech on wingmanship or, or something along those lines. And we head back home. And then one of the guys who's helping me, the co- one of my uh, coaches over in Germany was like, have you ever seen the show How I Met Your Mother? And I was like, no, I never saw it. He goes, oh, we got to introduce it to you, right? We're going to show you the best episode uh, called The Naked Man. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> let's, let's see this. So they play with me the Naked Man. For the guys who haven't seen the show, the Naked Man, uh, the, the main guy goes into his apartment and he sees a guy just naked on his couch. And he's like, bro, what are you doing? And the guy goes, oh, I'm doing the Naked Man. And they're like, uh, what? And he goes, oh, your roommate, I went on a date with your roommate. And so he had a female roommate. And he just goes, so I don't know if the date's going well or not. So she goes to the bathroom. I just strip all my clothes. She comes out, sees me naked, finds it funny. And then we end up hooking up. And he's like, there's no way that works. And the guy goes, two out of three times, two out of three. And funny enough, in the show, it does work two out of three times. And it's really funny uh, because the main character tries it, uh, Ted. So I see this whole episode and I turn to Darius, my, my coach, I'm like, dude, we have to do this. This is hysterical. Tonight we're doing The Naked Man. And he's like, all right. And it was me, Darius, and Dirk, who is actually military police. That's why I felt safe too. And I'm like, all right, I got military police with me. 
And we go out, we do the boot camp, we teach the students in Berlin. Uh, the students are great. And at the end of the night, it's kind of like winding down. And I see three girls sitting off by the entrance of the club. And I'm like, screw it, the three of us, three girls is perfect. I go up, I talk to them, I approach, we, we hit it off, I build it all up. And then I convince them to come back to one of our students' place, actually, he was a, he was a painter. Uh, one of our, student, our students' studio apartment and for an after party. And we get in the taxi cab and I'm looking at Darius like, hey man, like it's on, right? Like we're doing the naked man. He's like, no, no, I'm doing it, I'm doing it, I got it, right? So we get back to the student's place. I tell the student, go distract them, do whatever. We're gonna go into uh, the living room area, you two in the kitchen, I'm gonna do the naked man and bring them in like five minutes. He goes, okay. So we go to the living room and we strip down and sure enough, it was just like weird as hell because now we got three grown men stripped naked and we're all doing like a pose. So like I'm doing like the Captain Morgan. We got another one doing like the Mr. Clean and whatnot. Um, I forgot what the other guy did. And we're just trying to like keep our eyes up. But in Germany, like they're really comfortable being naked. They do like naked bathhouses and stuff. So we're chilling there. Finally, the girls come in, they peek in. I think I told you Randy's story, but I'm not sure I told you Pierce. The girls peek in, what do you think her reaction was? Fucking horror. What? <laughs> like terror? Like I don't know, terrified. Terrified. No. She laughs and goes, "Girls, girls, they're doing the naked man." So like she knew what it was. They loved it. They started busting up laughing. They come in, but now it's like we're naked and they're fully clothed and whatever. So I'm in a stroke of genius. I'm just like, "Hey, why don't you do the naked girl?" I think it's only fair. And they're just like, "Oh, nice try, but that's not gonna happen." And I'm like, ah. So I got frustrated and I, the guy's a painter. I see a can of paint and I take my hand in the paint and I smear it on the girl's face. I'm like, well, now that happened. You get that. I just smear it over her face. And then the next thing I know, we're in a paint war. We're coloring each other. We're throwing paint on each other. And clothes started coming off. Their clothes started coming off. And we put our underwear on them. And we kept painting each other. I go in the bathroom and the girls are washing off. Long story short, I ended up essing on her in the bathroom and we hooked up. And then as I walk out of the bathroom with my girl, I see Dirk coming out of the bedroom with his girl. And I'm like, did you? And he's like, yeah, did you? I'm like, yeah. And then we run out to Dirk and we're like, Dirk, you're like, what happened with your girl? He's like, nah, man, nothing. Like, I didn't even get a kiss. And I looked at Dirk, I'm like, two out of three. It works. <laughs> so that was my full on just doing the naked man story. And I was just was astounded that it actually worked the two out of three times. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, I guess, uh, yeah, Pierce, do you have yours yet? I could go with mine. Yeah, I, I do. I'm just like, fuck, can't beat that. Um, <laughs> so mine, uh, I remember I was in New York City at the time. And, uh, yeah, we, I, this was a time when we were, like, going out nonstop. Like, we would we would go out till 5, 6 in the morning, sometimes to 7 or 8, and then wake up at 3 p.m. and then go out at 4. That was just nonstop. And I remember this one day, I think I got like food poisoning from like some bad food I'd eaten. And I was just super sick, not really wanting to go out. Um, and the guy I lived with at the time who was really, really into this was like, if you can go out sick, imagine how great you'll be when you're not sick. And I, I mean, I don't know if it was a rationalization or just craziness, but um, I had to admire the guy for it. And he ended up just kind of like forcing me out of the house and we went out. So start going out, not having fun at first. And, you know, 40 minutes goes by, maybe a couple approaches, not having fun. After like an hour, two hours go by, I'm starting to get in the flow of things. We're out in beautiful New York City at like 7, 8 p.m. on like a summer's night. And I'm, I've hit flow of state. 
and I'm massively running up to different girls and saying weak lines and laughing with them and joking with them. And after like six hours of this, we, we started to head home and, you know, we're, you know, we're dabbing each other up and we're saying like, Hey, what a great night that was. You know, what we're like, all it cost was $0. Like, look at what we did. And on the way back, I see this girl kind of posted up by a New York city subway rail. And as I walk by her without even thinking, I just throw up my hand to go for a high five. She immediately clasps and I just start like wrapping my fingers around her hand. And then I kind of just keep walking and I start pulling her with me. And then next thing I know, we're riding the subway together, um, which she wasn't even supposed to be on that subway. She was supposed to be on, on the other one, but she just starts riding the subway with me. Five minutes later, I just go in and start making out with her. And was like, that was like really, really fast. And then fast forward, I think like four hours later, I found out that I had just not only met and seduced and taken on a date, uh, this one girl, but she was the great granddaughter of the Church of Scientology. Um, so like, and, and she told me all these hilarious things about that. I don't know if you guys know, Church of Scientology, like the world's most famous religious kind of cult that exists right now. Um, some people really believe in it, but like Tom Cruise is in it. Uh, not Vince Vaughn. Who's that? Val- we Val- be careful talking anything about Scientology. We don't want like them gunning after us now. It's all right if they come from you. It's too late. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, like how they know? How they know who got the granddaughter? So you're out there now. I, I didn't say any names, but like I, I remember I seen like, God damn, like what a cool fucking story to have, you know? Just so I can say like on my deathbed, like yeah, you know, I went home with the great granddaughter of Scientology, and it cost me nothing. All right, Randy, what, what do you think? What's your sports story? Uh, let me say, I, I guess probably one of the funner stories that happened to me was I was living in England for um, about a year, like way back in the day. And I remember uh, me and the, the guy I was uh, living with, an old wing of mine, uh, we'd, we'd gone out for the evening. And um, just randomly, we wound up like meeting these two girls out at um, this, this kind of like quiet uh, dive bar who were planning on going to this concert afterwards. They wound up having a couple of extra tickets and gave us some extra tickets to it. And so we all went out drunk to this, uh, which turned out to be like a very quiet acoustic concert. We're all being so loud in the back with these girls we just met that <laughs> everybody was like telling us to shush and telling us to shut up. And we were all just laughing. Uh, anyway, so we, we were getting so loud. We're like, yeah, this, this place is kind of lame. Let's get out of here. We wound up um, just taking the girls back to uh, my buddy's place. And um, yeah, we got up there. We actually had overloaded the elevator because uh, we, we wound up having a couple of other friends come over. Right. Uh, this old shitty elevator, and um, we got stuck in the elevator halfway through and had to call the fire department in the middle of this hole <laughs> uh, to come and get us. And we all started going a little stir crazy inside of it. Uh, it was uh, it was it's pretty funny in retrospect. But fire department gets there and they open up the doors and they have to start pulling us out one by one by the arm <laughs> and. Uh, it's stuck like halfway between floors. Uh, and then like once this happens, like the, it was like a Monday night, right? I'm sure there's nothing important happening. There's a small city in London or in England. Um, and yeah, so basically they, they're pulling us out and one firefighter is being a complete dickhead, just like yelling at us and like putting us down. And I turn around, I'm still pretty drunk. And I start cussing the guy out, like calling him an asshole, like telling him to go fuck himself. You know what I mean? Oh uh, and I just, yeah, it was one of those situations. And my wing grabs me and tells me to come back in because you know, it was, it was not helping anybody. So I got back inside and um, I'd gotten like a little bit sick by that point. So I went to the bathroom um, and I was just kind of hanging out in there and 
my girl comes in and starts kind of talking to me and trying to talk me through it. And, um, uh, at a certain point she like leaves and I was sitting there thinking like, Oh man, this is, this is kind of like, <laughs> see, at least this will be a funny story later. Cause there's obviously no way this is going to happen. Um, and I wound up going back outside to the living room eventually. And I saw that, um, uh, one of our other friends we'd actually run into, uh, who's hanging out there with his girlfriend had called his, uh, his, his manager, his boss to like hang out with them. And his boss is like trying to hit on my girl and like trying to pull her at that point. Uh, but he was like very creepy about it. So I just went in there and like, if you'd like to come hither motion to my girl, she yeah. literally jumped off the couch and ran over to me and like jumped in my arms. <laughs> and I just like walked her over to the bedroom. Uh, and I remember her friend like running over to me and being like, Hey, you know what? Um, that's my friend. Like you don't have any, like you're not, nothing's happening with you, you guys tonight. I was like, Oh no, no. I just want to cuddle that? with her. Yeah. I was like, no, I just want to cuddle. And she's like, Oh, okay. And she goes back and like, <laughs> the other room. anyway, I, uh, I took her back to my room and, and all we did was cuddle with her. So, you know, I, I won't say otherwise. <laughs> very respectfully. Very respectful. <laughs> so, but I, I guess the main point is like, none of these stories can come across by just what's going on now. Just the online bullshit, I guess. Like, and don't get me wrong, I do it. And I teach my guys how to do it. And I think it's important to have. I just think it's a supplement. Should have replaced it. But um, yeah, I mean, any last thoughts, guys, on- Online? The change, or not online, but just, just to change in how we've, we've shifted over the years of them from back when this first first time, this actually started like in the beginning of the 90s. But any last thoughts or, or you know what, forget for the shame. How about this? Any last tips or advice for guys listening to this right now uh, who may be just starting off or thinking about going in their journey? What's the best something you guys can do right now? Last yeah, I guess I'd say in terms of, uh, so I guess to answer your first question, in terms of um, everything. Yeah, I actually think there's going to be more of, because I know Pierce touched on it, but there's like a community of guys who are actually good and who actually know game, like the real technical stuff, who've made like their own community away from like the community at large. So it's a community within a community. It's the actual secret community now. Gotcha. <laughs> That's confusing, but I think there's going to be more of that, like where there's the old guard that has made their own secret community that is still very good. It mm -hmm. is secret away from like the old, from like the current community, you know. Um, anyway, other than that, um, I guess tips and tricks going forward. I'd say uh, definitely get a mentor if you haven't, um, somebody to coach you through this. Back when I first started in the lair, and, and Jared, I know you could probably say the same, you guys who are really good, they, they generally didn't want to hang out with like the newer guys. And if they did, they, they didn't really want to run any, any sets with them. Um, and we kind of keep to themselves. They, they'd say what's at most, they'd say, like, hey, what's up, man? Yeah, good to see you. But they generally like wouldn't want to hang out with you. Um, you know, it, it kind of like was something where it would take like somebody who, who really loved teaching and really loved helping guys to want to spend time with like the newbies and stuff. Yeah. But even then I still have like a lot of bad habits. I learned from guys like that who I thought were really good at the time, but turned out like they, you know, they were good and they, they, they knew their stuff for the most part, but they still had bad habits and they weren't that good. You know what I mean? Um, I think, yeah, like, I think it's a big problem with right now. You guys can learn bad habits. You can pick up bad mindsets that you have to unlearn. So I'd say anyone, my, my, my advice on it is if you know, you're going about this, whether it's with me or anybody else, demand actual explanations, get technical, get to the why, don't settle for vagueness, don't settle for feel good stuff, actually go, okay, what works, what doesn't, and go nitty gritty. Uh, Pierce, any tips that you've seen or what, what you would recommend to guys? I mean, I would definitely agree with what Randy was saying. Um, it's not that people don't necessarily want to, if, if any of you guys are having trouble like meeting cooler wings, if 
not because there's anything inherently wrong with you, but one of the reasons why Randy's right and you guys should definitely get a mentor is that it's not that they don't want to hang out with you because you're just a bad person or you have no value. It's probably just because you're doing and saying things that you don't even know you're doing and saying. I mean, I, I, I've known about this since 2016. It's not until the past four months when I like really started to work for Jared that a lot of bad habits have been, you know, kind of brought to light and slowly are starting to push out of me. Um, so I definitely recommend it for those of you guys who really actually want to have the cool adventures that a lot of us are getting to have. That's why you probably need a mentor because you probably just can't get to that level where you can go out with people that are good and patient enough to spend time around you. Um, I would say definitely be more patient and then be open to listening to advice that you haven't heard before. Uh, I see this all the time and it's one of the most frustrating things is people are so goddamn dogmatic in what they hear and what they say versus being open to hearing what someone else might recommend, but then go and testing it in the field and seeing if it works. Yeah. And to, um, just to add to that a little bit, uh, I was, I was in Pierce's position with like not knowing the bad things that I was doing and not knowing the bad technical parts of my game for many, many years. Like <laughs> he's like, he found it as early as he did. Cause I had to live with that kind of stuff for more years than I'd like to admit, uh, admit I was way into my hundred lay count before. Like I even knew, uh, that my game was not technically good. <laughs> so this is not something that you can figure out on your own, really. Like I would say that there's no way to get good unless you have somebody who's very good, who's oh. in your hand, essentially. Also, another thing, get the fuck over lay count number. That, that number doesn't matter. That is not an indication of your skill. As I, and I used to be massively hung up about this. Like I, if you don't hit your triple digits, then you're not you know, a real person. Um, people pad their lays, don't, don't worry about it. Like don't focus. Don't focus on anybody else's external results. Just focus on yourself. And it's also ridiculous because some guys don't want that. Some guys actually want an amazing idol relationship and girlfriend. They don't want to be banging a hundred girls or whatever. Like they're actually comfortable with going for quality over quantity. And I don't think it's our job or anybody's job to tell guys what they should. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm not saying there's anything right with that. Like it should be, every guy should be able to determine for themselves what they want. If they want to meet the one girl and get wiped up, cool. If they want to play the field, that's fine too. As long as they're not hurting anybody, I don't see the problem with it. But yeah, I, I definitely think you know, it'd be really good for guys listening to open up their mind and always come from a student frame. Even with me, I'm always looking for new stuff. I'm always looking to learn and level up and better myself. Uh, I think the, the moment we said, hey, yeah, I know it all. I think we're good. That's the moment where like we've now closed off to any more future growth. So I'm going to end it with there. But thank, thank you guys for joining and giving your views. Uh, if you guys want to check us out more, you can f uh, follow me on Facebook, Modern Jared, uh, at Jared underscore psych underscore Lawrence for Instagram. We're going to find a way to make that easier. Uh, but you can follow me on either one or obviously just hit me up on the, my website, modernflirting.com. Thank you guys for listening.